following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and, uh, oh boy, I am all by myself. All by myself. Again. Yeah, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean once again can't join us. What else is new? I feel like uh, Tyler has just become a guest on the show more than he is a host anymore. I, I'm wondering where the hell Tyler has gone. The man has disappeared. Uh, but on top of it, the cannibal Alex Steele also busy at an office Christmas party? Too busy? Now, this is the type of shit that, that drives me up the wall. An office Christmas party was more important than our fans? No, 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 I say nay. <clears throat> because I am Mr. Consistent. I am the man who is here all of the time. So, folks, this is the Outside Blitz, and I'm going to be running this thing solo. That's right. I'm going to be running this thing solo today. Not the first time, probably not the last, but I'm going to be getting it done. Alex and Tyler Oh, you all a big fat apology but that said folks uh crazy week around the league week 14 in the books we are getting close to that uh to that playoff period where that we love so very very much that playoff push is uh rolling forward here all, all these teams getting ready to make their cases uh for the playoffs week 14 we had some wild ones going on we had some teams keeping their playoff hopes alive we had some teams that were setting themselves up for uh, you know a higher seed in the in the uh, playoffs and home field advantage so we're gonna see uh, how that all played out but we're gonna jump right in here we got some scores we got rookie rankings we've got uh, uh, the top performances and worst performances of the week we also have our predictions I did wind up getting predictions uh, from from our esteemed colleagues here all three of them so I wound up getting uh, all of the predictions from Alex, Andrew, and Tyler, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get things other way. We got news around the league as well. So let's jump right in here. Week 14 in the NFL. Here are your scores from Week 14. Starting out with the Raiders and the Rams. We talked about this a little bit last show. Thursday night football. The Rams went out and beat the Raiders. I, interesting situation. Baker Mayfield was not set to start in this game. Winds up starting. Uh, kind of a strange thing, but at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield winds up getting a W here? Uh, he played extraordinarily well for a guy that only had two days to learn the system. Uh, just a, a complete breakdown on the part of the Raiders. First and foremost, let me just say Derek Carr was god-awful in this game. 137 yards, two interceptions, and he single-handedly ruined my fantasy season. Eliminated me from the playoffs. So uh, thanks a lot, Derek Carr. And also the Raiders' defense as well. Raiders' defense, man, they just had a complete meltdown. Four minutes left in the game, and they just blew it. I don't understand. I, I don't understand what happened, but at the end of the day, the Rams beat the Raiders on the arm of Baker Mayfield and a 90-plus yard game-winning drive to finish off the game. 17-16, Rams over Raiders. 
Uh, next up, the Vikings and the Lions. You know, I sort of expected the Lions to win this football game. I went with the Lions or with the Vikings in my picks just to be uh, sort of lockstep with Tyler a little bit. I wanted to wanted to sort of make sure I wasn't going to fall too far behind. But man, oh man, this Lions football team. Uh, they wound up picking up a W here. The Vikings, they, I feel like the Ed Donatel defense has run its course at this point. Uh, Ed Donatel, he, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. This shell coverage and, and shell defense is just god-awful. And the Lions, man, they, they wound up running a very simplistic defense, uh, and, and it, it just made a lot of sense, though, the way that the Vikings were playing ball. They, they you know, a deep, they have a deep receiver that would either play an out route or a, a crosser a deep crosser, and then they would have a guy that was uh, like a running back or a tight end that was running out in the flat, and they would they would dump it off to uh, to the guy in the flat. Well, they, well, the deep guy was drawing people off, or they if the if the guy in the flat drew the the coverage off, then they would throw it to the deep ball guy. It was a very simplistic, very Cam Newton style offense that the Lions were running against a Minnesota defense that has been you know sitting around this. Uh, I don't know, maybe a, a uh, 400 yard per game sort of range. Um, really a, an awful game for the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson had themselves a great game. Justin Jefferson set a record for uh, passing yards in a game. But the Vikings, you know, it, there's certain personnel deficiencies that are showing on this team. And I do believe that there is a, um, a coaching deficiency being exposed on this team. The Vikings need to find themselves a new defensive coordinator uh, moving into this offseason. Um, they're going to have to find themselves some more corners. And uh, they're going to have to find themselves a wide receiver, too. And uh, also, on the offensive line, we're going to have to get some more depth on that line. There, there needs to be some depth there. Blake Brandle is not going to be the guy in Ed Ingram, I think we've learned, is not going to be the starting offensive guard for this team. Go into the draft, find yourself a guard. The Vikings are going to have to do some work in this offseason to make things work. Um, particularly with their corners and safeties, as well as their offensive line and their receivers. So they, they have four things that they need to address this offseason in order to make this work. Uh, they, the window is closing. You know, the, the Kirk Cousins window is closing. So, I mean, it is what it is, but the Lions wind up keeping their playoff hopes alive. The Vikings do not put the NFC North away just yet. They do have an opportunity to put the NFC North away and be the NFC North champions as of this Saturday if they can beat the Colts. So the Lions' playoff hopes still alive. They, they still somewhat have to win out in a way, but uh, they still have a chance. So And they're playing great ball. Um, I also want to point out the Lions' pass rush was just tremendous. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson looked damn good, and so did Malcolm Rodriguez. So the Lions get it done, 34-23, and they, they pick up the W here. Uh, next up, Ravens versus Steelers. The story of this game, well, two stories in this game. Kenny Pickett goes out of this game, uh, winds up basically seeing the sidelines here uh, after suffering a concussion. Mitch Trubisky comes in, throws three picks. Uh, that's typical Mitch Trubisky here. Um, the Ravens, on the other hand, they had kind of a tough game. Tyler Huntley, uh, he wound up coming out of this game, but they do still get it done basically with the legs of J.K. Dobbins, who was activated very, very shortly before this game. Uh, he winds up coming in, have himself a hell of a game. J.K. Dobbins winds up uh, leading the Ravens to victory, 16-14 in this game. Uh, the Steelers, uh, they're not sure about Kenny Pickett. We'll be talking about him shortly, but they've got some work to do as far as that offense goes and, and to get things going here. Najee Harris did not look like himself once again, so we're going to see if the, uh, the Steelers can figure it out in the coming seasons, but they are definitely not figuring out this season. Uh, next up, the Bengals beat the Browns 23-10, sort of expected. Uh, you know, I, I like the Bengals. You know, they've, they've been 
picking up wins, and they've been on a, a massive winning streak here. They're nine and four now. The, the Browns dropped to five and eight. Their playoff hopes are almost squashed here. Uh, Joe Burrow had himself a pretty regular game: eighteen for thirty-three, two thirty-nine, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon had fourteen carries for ninety-six yards. Jamar Chase was the big story here: ten receptions for one hundred nineteen. They had no answers for him, and uh, the guy that got burned was Martin, the rookie Martin Emerson who we've had on our rookie rankings. Yeah, we'll be talking about that shortly. And, you know, another tough outing for Deshaun Watson. I think he's just trying to get in the groove. It was much better than the previous, you know, outing that he had in uh, last week. But he went 26 for 42 for 276. He had a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, weirdly enough, was his favorite target when he's got Amari Cooper out on the field. Nick Chubb had a rough game, though. 14 carries, 34 yards. That's not what you're going to expect out of uh, Nick Chubb, a guy who was leading the league in rushing for a while there. So the Bengals wind up continuing their win streak. They're in the playoffs right now. And then uh, the Browns, their playoff hopes are still alive, but they're on life support there. So uh, just a tough go. Bengals get the win 23-10. Next up, Bills and Jets. The Bills pick up the W 20-12 in the revenge game here. Remember, the Jets did beat the Bills earlier on um, earlier on in the season. But, uh, you know, the big story of this game was a basic – well, there were, to me, I think there were two, but the big story was, was uh, Zach Wilson, you know, winding up coming into the game. It, it was kind of a weird situation. Mike White – well, really, it wasn't Zach, Zach Wilson. It was Joe Flacco. Mike White took a spear – uh, basically uh, injured his ribs, played injured the rest of the game. He went 27 for 44 for 268. Uh, Zach Wilson was elevated to the number two QB spot, even though Joe Flacco wound up coming into the game and, and throwing three passes. It was a tough go for the Jets. Uh, Mike White got blasted, and they were only able to put up 12 points in this game. I mean, Zonovan Knight seems to be the story for the Jets uh, outside of Sauce Gardner, who shut down Stefan Diggs on the day. Sauce Gardner, as it currently stands, is the number one ranked corner in all of football as a rookie, so I think that's worth noting. The Jets drop one. They're still fighting for a playoff spot. They're still fighting for one of those wild card positions, they're, and they're still definitely in the fight. So they have a tough one coming up against the Lions this upcoming week. I know they, they're just coming off the two losses, one to the Vikings, one to the Bills. We're going to see how that works out. Uh, and Garrett Wilson also had himself a really nice game here. Uh, the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen was pretty pedestrian. I just want to point out the Jets' defense is absolutely awesome. Uh, they've, they've been, they were ranked six at one time this year. I mean, it, it, they're pretty great. So the Bills wind up getting the, the revenge game sort of squeaking one out. It was a one-score game, 20-12, to 12, but two very good teams here. I think the Jets are grossly underrated. They've kind of come out of nowhere, but they're losing some games right now. They need to pick it back up if they're going to make the playoffs. Like I said, tough matchup against Detroit this week. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Next up, Cowboys beat the Texans 27-23. Kind of a surprising game. The Cowboys, uh, you know, I, I like the Cowboys a lot. For, you know, they've been doing a lot of, of great things this season. But, man, it, this was a rough game, particularly for Dak Prescott. He went 24 for 39, 284. He had a touchdown and two picks. But he still got it done. Uh, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard getting the end zone. Zeke gets the game-winning rush in for the uh, for the touchdown. But the Texans, it was starting to look like this was going to be a blowout for the Texans, uh, blowing out the Cowboys, but it wasn't. Davis Mills, he had himself a little bit of a rough game. 16 for 21, 175, and a, and a touchdown. Uh, Jeff Driscoll also came into the game, went 4 for 6 for 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, it was a rough game. Damian Pierce did get on track, though. He had 22 carries for 78 yards. He got in the end zone. 
you know, I, I like what the Texans are starting to do. They're showing some guts. They need a quarterback desperately, though, and they're going to go into this draft. They're going to find their quarterback of the future. The unfortunate reality is, is that the quarterback of the future, they're going to be the poor guy is going to be going to one of the, the worst franchises in the entire league. You're going to see either Bryce Young or you're going to see C.J. Stroud, one of those two probably going number one overall to Houston, and, and that is not a place you want to be. But Lovey Smith, he's not a bad coach, and the Texans' defense hasn't been bad, particularly against the pass, by the way. They've been taking care of quarterbacks here. So the Texans wound up dropping one to the Cowboys, but barely, 27-23 here. Uh, the Cowboys get, you know, continue that win streak, but, man, a lot tighter than we thought it was going to be. Uh, next up, Eagles go out and beat the Giants 48-22. to uh, you know, this is just the Eagles doing Eagles things. They've been winning all year. They were going to slap around the Giants. We've kind of identified the Giants as potential fool's gold. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Jalen Hurts this, Jalen Hurts that. You know what? Let's talk about Miles Sanders and his 17 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns because the fact that he is not being talked about is an issue. I can't believe that Miles Sanders isn't even you know, getting all the notoriety. It's all about Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and so on and so forth. No, no. Miles Sanders deserves a lot of credit here for getting as many rush yards as he did and getting two TDs. He had a huge, huge game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to point that out there. As for the Giants, you know, Tyrod Taylor was in the game at one point, so it, it shows goes to show you that, you know, they're, they're kind of losing confidence in Daniel Jones a little bit. Um, you know, Saquon, he was playing hurt. He got cleared for this game, but man, it was it was just a rough go for the Giants. 48 to 22. The Eagles pull out a W here. Giants are seeing their playoff hopes slipping through their fingers. It's getting bad here. Uh, next up, we got the Jags and the Titans. Uh, the Jags go out and surprise everybody. They beat the Titans 36 to 22. You know, the Jags. They're 5-8 right now. Technically speaking, their playoff hopes are still alive, but they're somewhat playing playoff spoiler to the Titans here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, ever since he got hurt, he came back. He's had himself a hell of a time. 30 for 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns on the day. He played mistake-free football and played damn good football. The story of this game, though, outside of Trevor Lawrence, while everybody's talking about him, I'm looking over at Evan Ingram having 11 receptions for 162 and two touchdowns. What a game for a tight end. For a tight end. Look. I knew Everett Ingram was was very capable of having himself uh, a, a great receiving game, but at the same time, I didn't know he was capable of that. <laughs> and and they always talk um, about how uh, Evan Ingram, you know, like he was a, like a receiving type of tight end, and and they were like, oh, you know, he's got great hands, but he's always been hurt. This is the type of performance that I kind of expected out of Evan Ingram two years ago. Um, I hope that this is this is like the trend we get to see moving forward because seeing Evan Ingram do that, that's exciting. Um, as for the Titans, man, oof, what a, a rough day at the office. Ryan Tannehill had himself an okay game. Derrick Henry had himself a good game. But, man, oh, man, they, it seems like ever since they lost A.J. Brown, they have lost a lot of the explosiveness that they came with this offense. And it doesn't really help that their defense is over here giving up 368 yards to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Titans, man, they got to figure it out and uh, – they got to figure it out soon. You know, they, they're about to, they're like the Giants, really, that um, they're going to see their playoff hopes start dwindling, and, and you know, it's, it's going to get messy real quick. Things are going to get tight. I think the Titans are a team that I would love to see in the playoffs, given the uh, uh, talent that they have on that team with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. 
But, man, they, they really shot themselves in the foot with that receiver situation, and that's exactly why they fired their GM last week. Uh, next up, Chiefs. They go out and beat the Broncos 34-28. to Weird game. Uh, you know, the Chiefs took a lead early. I just want to point out, Patty Mahomes did not look like Patty Mahomes. He threw three interceptions in this game. The Broncos have a good defense, but goddamn, Patty Mahomes threw, throwing uh, three touchdowns, man. I gotta go sprinkle rock salt on all the places hell just froze over. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, weird game for him, too. He had six carries for 22 yards, but man, he had seven receptions for 112 and two TDs. The crazy thing about the McKinnon touch, the first McKinnon touchdown was Patty Mahomes threw a weird, wobbly, across the body, just ball over the middle or over it. It was on the run. I mean, it was an ugly pass. McKinnon just took it to the house. It was nuts. But Jarek McKinnon, man, winds up being the story of this game. Patty Mahomes had a rough one. Uh, Russ Wilson suffers a concussion in this game. And uh, you know what? I don't think the Broncos really missed him a whole lot. Uh, 23 for 36, 247, three touchdowns and a pick for Russ Wilson. But, uh, you know, when he went down with that concussion, I, like I said, I think I think uh, Brett Ripien would have been better than Russ. I'm just not a fan. Uh, Russ is there. Everybody's saying, oh, let Russ cook. Let's Ru- let Russ cook. Let, let's just point out the Chiefs defense sucks. Let me just make that clear. They are not good. So let's let's be be clear about that. I hope for Russ's sake that it's a trend that he's gonna be you know becoming the guy that he was before. But right now, not feeling very confident in it. Uh, next up, Panthers go out and beat the Seahawks 30 to 24. Sort of a surprise here. Sam Darnold comes into the game. He didn't play extremely well, but man, they got a lot of help from their run game. Dante Foreman, 21 carries for 74 yards. Chuba Hubbard, 14 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Blackshear, 4 carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Darnold threw a touchdown pass to to Shai Smith in this game, but, I mean, it was a pretty uh, defensive battle here on the the front of the Carolina Panthers. The Seahawks, Geno Smith, man, he's getting a little too uh, wacky with the ball late there. But uh, the running game just wasn't there for Seattle. Travis Homer was supposed to be the starter. You know, I don't understand why the Seahawks didn't give Travis Homer a big, a bigger workload. Guy's coming off an of injury. He only had nine carries in this game. I've watched Travis Homer in the past come in as a backup, and he's a high-end backup. And I've watched him have some great numbers for the Seattle Seahawks in the past, filling in for Chris Carson and so on and so forth. So I don't know why they didn't lean on Travis Homer more and why they leaned on Geno Smith's arm the way they did. Uh, And it's not to say that Geno Smith had himself a a terrible game. He did have two interceptions. He also had three touchdowns. But they should have been relying on that running game a little bit more. And I understand Carolina's got, got, um, you know, Carolina's got Brian Burns, and they got themselves a really solid run defense. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Seahawks, they should have been relying on Travis Homer a little more than they were. They didn't give him enough of an opportunity, and it turned out to be a mess. Um, and, and they wind up losing the game. Panthers pick up a W, 30-24 to in the upset. So, surprise, surprise there. But the Seahawks, they're another team right now that are on the cusp. They're 7-6 and six right now. They're, they're right on the outside, just trying to make their way into the playoffs. They just lost the division this past week. We'll talk about that, or this last game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, going to be a rough go for Seattle to get one of those wild card spots. So we're going to see that uh, pretty soon uh, if, if they can get into the playoffs. Uh, next up, 
The Niners go out and dominate the Bucks, 35-7. Brock Purdy goes out, and actually, you know, he, he didn't have huge numbers, but he had himself a decent enough game. He likes to spread the ball out. Uh, the the 49ers love this guy. They say he's they you know to me the way he spreads the ball around he reminds me a little bit of Drew Brees and I hate to make that comparison because it's a huge comparison to make. But he only threw the ball 21 times. He was very accurate. 16 for 21, 185 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, both those touchdowns. He one goes to Ayuk, one goes to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was the bigger story. I mean, 14 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Man, that boy had an 8.5 average on the day something to, to behold there he also had the one passing touchdown as well so he got in the end zone twice but my point here and is that that Brock Purdy is a special uh, player for a guy that that got drafted in the very last pick and then he comes out and goes 16 for 21 185 two touchdowns nothing wrong with that sort of game managing ball but you know if he's given the op- more opportunities we might be having a different conversation about Brock Purdy and how good he is the 49ers may be looking at him as their potential new starter. I think they're considering it right now the way he's playing. So Brock Purdy and the Niners go out and dominate Tom Brady. And and also, just to point out, Tom Brady did not play good ball, and we'll be talking about him shortly. But the Bucks' defense, shame on them, giving up 35 points, just getting dominated the way they did. Uh, just a, a, a bad showing on the part of the Bucks all around. And the Bucks, their playoff hopes are dwindling even though they are leading their division they better hope to god they can hold on to it um next up the chargers sort of surprise everybody they beat the dolphins 23 to 17 the dolphins man lacking some explosiveness in this game Tua tongue of Aloha looked like shit 10 completions on 28 attempts what the fuck are we doing here 145 yards he did have a touchdown uh you know the the chargers whatever they did teams need to take note they haven't been able to shut down that, that Dolphins defense all year long. Now suddenly, Tua Tungavailoa can't even complete 50% of his passes. Uh, Tyree Kill still had himself a good game, four receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. But my God, uh, I, I don't understand how such a high-powered offense um, could, could only produce 17 points uh, against a Chargers defense that has been not good this year, definitely not as good as Tyler and I both expected. Uh, for all the free agency moves and the draft picks that they had and all the things that they did to make their defense something special. But the Chargers right now, they're a team that also, they're on the cusp. They're trying to get into the playoffs in a very tough AFC conference. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, an interesting situation. Dolphins are 8-5. and five. They have an opportunity to take it to the Bills here. I mean, they're, they're battling with the Bills for, for the division. I mean, it's going to be a great game this upcoming week, and we'll talk about that shortly. But, man, both these teams are playoff teams. Justin Herbert played really solid ball, 39 for 51. 367 and a touchdown. Uh, Austin Eckler got in the end zone. Mike Williams got in the end zone. Chargers got it done. Uh, I want to see more from the Chargers. I want to see if they can get hot, and if this is the moment where they get hot at, right this, at just the right time. I feel like Justin Herbert plays for a team that – you know, isn't exactly helping him uh, a whole lot, especially when he's got to throw the ball 51 times. But the Chargers go out and beat the Dolphins 23-17 and keep their playoff hopes alive. And last but not least, the Patriots go out and beat the Cardinals 27-13. Uh, the Patriots keeping their playoff hopes alive. They're now 7-6. and They're fighting for a spot in the playoffs. Uh, you know, all these teams that are winding up 7-6, and kind of middle of the road, you know, they're going to be making for the most exciting football this upcoming or going into the pro, the postseason here. Uh, the Cardinals, their playoff ho- hopes are basically dashed here. Kyler Murray tears his ACL in the game. Huh, guess what? The Cardinals are done. Uh, 
Kyler Murray, I'm sure, is very happy. He's going to be able to go home and, and enjoy double XP weekends while he's laid up. But still, uh, that kind of sucks for the Cardinals uh, to see their uh, such a good player go down. Colt McCoy winds up, winds up coming into the game. Uh, 27 for 42, 46, and a pick. I mean, Colt McCoy isn't a bad backup, but he's just that. He's a backup. Uh, the Patriots, you know, I, I, Mac Jones did just enough. Uh, he did throw a pick in the game. It was, definitely wasn't mistake-free football, but Pierre Strong filling in for Ramadre Stevenson, who did go down in this game. He had five carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. So uh, we may be seeing a little bit more of Pierre Strong, depending on what happens with Ramadre Stevenson. But the Patriots keep their playoff hopes alive. They get the W over the Cardinals, 27-13, and uh, they are still alive and kicking. And those are your scores for Week 14 in the NFL. Now, um, we got some uh, some stuff to do. We got a top 10. We got a forgetful five. Let's talk about our top 10 performances of the week. I, I'm, I'm going to jump right into them here because uh, we had some hellacious performances, ones that really kind of blew my mind from certain players that I didn't expect to give these types of performances, and then some were the players that you do expect to have those types of performances went above and beyond. It was like extra credit time. Uh, first and foremost, a guy we did expect to have a good performance, Derrick Henry. 17 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. That's just Derrick Henry doing uh, Derrick Henry things. That's that's standard stuff right there. Um, to me, Derrick Henry should be running the ball 25 times a game. I understand that the, the Titans are, are trying to preserve him a little bit, but Derrick Henry needs uh, to be hitting 20 touches a game in order for the, the Titans to be successful because they're not going to be successful throwing the football. Um, they just have... They don't have dick for receivers anymore. Let's be real. So Derrick Henry winds up number 10 on the list. But that should tell you something, that he's number 10 for that. Uh, number 9 goes to Jarek McKinnon. He had six carries for 22 yards, seven receptions for 112 yards, two touchdowns. If there was ever a game for a guy to go off, uh, man, <laughs> this this I wish wasn't the one because he single he Derek uh, Derek Carr having a bad game yeah burned me but Jarek McKinnon my opponent had him in the game and he blew me up um, Jarek McKinnon winds up uh, number nine on the list he had himself a hell of a game for the Chiefs uh, just smashing around the Broncos nobody expected this but the former Viking Jarek McKinnon blows up. Uh, number eight goes to the returning J.K. Dobbins, 15 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. He had an eight average on the day, uh, a really solid performance in J.K. Dobbins. This is kind of what we wanted to see. Uh, everybody kind of expected him to be a top-ten rusher this year, and then he got hurt. and We've barely seen him this year. Now he returns, and he sh reminds everybody, hey, I'm still here. If that guy can stay healthy, he's going to be special. But the big thing is health, and we've been talking about one of the biggest things about being a great player in this league is reliability and availability. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he's got to become available, but this week he did have himself a really solid performance after coming off IR. So welcome back, J.K. Dobbins. He's number eight on the top ten. Number seven, Christian McCaffrey. He had 14 carries for 119 yards he, and a touchdown. He also had two receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown. So two TDs on the day for Christian McCaffrey. This is typical of Christian McCaffrey. He had, what, I think an 8.5 average. I mean, he had himself a hell of a game for the Niners. He's a special running back. He's the now become sort of the heart and soul of their offense in a way. Uh, I know Brock Purdy is, is definitely benefiting from having Christian McCaffrey on the field. If he wasn't there, I don't know that the Niners had the same success. But at the end of the day, Christian McCaffrey winds up as number seven on our top ten. Uh, number six goes to my boy. Justin Jefferson, he had 11 receptions, 
223 yards. He broke the record for uh, receiving yards by a, a player in Vikings history. I mean, just a special day for him. Um, he is trending toward breaking the receiving yardage record. A lot of people early on in this season, including uh, us folks right here on this show, we're talking about Tyreek Hill. Now it's trending to be Justin Jefferson. If he can have over 125 yards a game to end the season, we're talking about Justin Jefferson holding that receiving yardage record. It's something really special. Um, so uh, he had a 223-yard game here. He's He just needs to keep doing what he's doing. To me, I think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. I think uh, one one big problem for him is that he is the and he's the best player on this football team, by the way. But uh, you know, the big problem for him is there's not a lot of compliments right now going for him uh, on this offense. You know, KJ Osborne has sort of regressed from his, his plays from last year. Um, T.J. Hawkinson has been a, a pretty decent upgrade for the Vikings at at tight end there because Irv Smith Jr. can never stay healthy. And but Adam Thielen has definitely regressed. He's not the same guy we saw two years ago. And he's, he's a little injury prone. He's a little banged up. He's an older guy. It, it's time to move on from Adam Thielen, I think, in that monster contract. But the Vikings need to go out and find themselves a wide a wide receiver, too, um, you know, either in the draft or a particular. I, I think it should be in the draft. And I think there's plenty of Ohio State products out there that are going to be coming out into this draft. Smith and Najigba should be on their list. So, I mean, they, they should be looking around. But the Vikings have the, the best receiver in the league, and he's number six on the top ten this week. Uh, number five goes to Jared Goff, 27 for 39, 330 yards. He had three touchdowns on the day. Goff is a good player, um, and and Alex and, and our boy Ray Collins, they're all kicking themselves right now because Jared Goff is a special player. Uh, Jared Goff wound up, you know, he's been playing, he said recently that he thinks he's been playing the best football of his career. I mean, I don't know if that's true, especially given his tenure with the Rams. But what I will say is that Jared Goff has been playing damn good football over the course of the last four, last five to six weeks. Um, it's been uh, uh, pretty special. It's been a pretty special thing. And uh, I think that, that uh, Jared Goff, he ran that offense so effectively and so efficiently against the Vikings this last week. He had himself a hell of a game, mistake-free football. He played damn good, uh, and he deserves to be number five on this list. Number four goes to the opposing quarterback uh, that he wound up beating out, who technically had a better game, Kirk Cousins. 31 for 41, 425 yards, two touchdowns. Kirk had a better game. Uh, this was probably the best Kirk Cousins has looked all season, to be honest with you, and it's unfortunate that it comes in a loss. Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't looked good for a while. He has himself a hell of a game against the Detroit defense that was blitzing all day long. Kirk did a great job, and uh, he, he deserves all the credit in the world for being number four on this list. He did uh, an outstanding job. The defense just didn't hold up, and the Vikings wound up suffering for it. So Kirk Cousins wound up, wound up as number four on this list. Number three goes to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, 30 for 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Since he came back from injury, I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence has been special. It's like a fire lit under him. Um, you know, we, we all kind of shit on him last year. You know, the Jags have a special quarterback on their hands, and he's developing into a guy The game is, uh, that, that is going to be something special, and he, the game is slowing down for him a little bit. So 
Lawrence, 30 for 42, 368. I mean, that's that's a hell of a stat line, especially against a Titans defense who at one point was much revered around the league. They were considered a special defense. So Trevor Lawrence winds up as number three. Uh, number two, guy who I talked about a little bit earlier, Miles Sanders, 17 carries for 144 yards, two touchdowns. He had a huge day for the Eagles. Um, every now and then, Miles Sanders will pop onto this list for a, a you know a big performance, and, and this is one of those times. He had himself a hell of a game uh, and, and against a, a Giants defense or Giants defense that like originally kind of looked like they were going to be something special, and now they're kind of falling apart. Giants are kind of looking like fool's gold. Miles Sanders made them look that way. We know that the Eagles have the Giants number. Miles Sanders is part of that reason. He's number two on the list, and number one. Goes to a guy that, I mean, I, I would have never expected this performance after what we've seen so far, but Evan Ingram, uh, I talked about him earlier, 11 receptions, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he winds up leading the top 10 this week. Uh, a tight end getting that type of stat, stat line, that's Travis Kelsey numbers. Okay, Evan Ingram, um, this is what everybody kind of wanted to see and what a lot of folks expected to see out of Evan Ingram uh, when he got drafted and, and him being a... a Kind of a deep ball, you know, type of receptions guy. And uh, he hasn't developed into that. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he's been hurt a lot of time. And also a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was playing in New York for the Giants, where they don't know how to use tight ends. And here we are, Evan Ingram, 11 receptions, 162 yards, two touchdowns. He winds up as number one on our top ten. Uh, going into our forgetful five, though, we've got our... Our uh, crappiest performances of the week. And uh, number five goes to that Bucks defense. They got torched by Brock Purdy and company to the tune of 35 points. I mean, the Bucks defense just looked rough. And, and we're going to talk about another guy here. That Bucks defense was just bad. And, you know, they haven't been that same defense ever since they lost uh, uh, Shaq Barrett earlier this year. And so they wind up as number five on the list. Number four goes to Dalvin Cook. He had 15 carries for just 23 yards. He had a 1.5 average. Now, I understand some people might have an issue with Dalvin Cook being number four on this list because the Vikings' offensive line didn't do him really any favors. But at the end of the day, Dalvin Cook did not have good numbers, and there are a lot of guys out there and a lot of running backs that are capable of doing something special to make something out of nothing. Dalvin Cook in this situation did not do that. He failed on every level. It was an absolute mess. 15 carries for 23 yards. He had a 1.5 average, just a mess. Uh, Dalvin has not seemed like the same guy that he was in prior years. Is he going to break 1,000? I'm sure. I think he's well on that way. But do I think that Dalvin Cook is going to wind up going out there and, and just setting the world ablaze uh, moving forward? I'm not sure that he's still the guy. I think the Vikings do need to move on from him, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm surprised that he wasn't on the trade block. I don't think Dalvin Cook is a bad running back, but I do think the Vikings need to start focusing on the future and finding their running back in the future. Uh, number three goes to Tom Brady, 34 for 55, 253 yards. He had a touchdown and two picks on the day. Uh, Tom Brady did not look like Tom Brady in this game. Uh, it was not a very accurate game, uh, but at the same time this year, Tom Brady has under underwhelmed and underperformed. Uh, he winds up driving downfield. His red zone offense is terrible. His receivers aren't doing him any favors. They have a case of the dropsies. I mean, this has been an absolute mess for Tom Brady this season. And here we are. Tom Brady winds up as number three on the forgetful five. Uh, number two, Mitchell Trubisky, 22 for 30, 276 yards. He had one touchdown and three interceptions on the day, filling in for Kenny Pickett, who came out of this game due to a concussion. 
Uh, Trubisky may be starting again. I sure hope he's not for the Steelers, but they might not have any other option. So Trubisky winds up as two on this list, and number one goes to Derek Carr. What an abysmal game versus a Rams team. You, you have an opportunity to beat the Rams, who are very vulnerable. You have the opportunity to take them down. Derek Carr goes 11 for 20 for 137 yards, two interceptions on the day. Just a very pedestrian performance from Derek Carr. I am absolutely just disgusted by it. It was not good. I mean, just not good. Derek Carr didn't look good. He hasn't looked good all year. So Derek Carr winds up as number one on the Forgetful Five this week. Um, moving into our rookie rankings, we have some movement in these rankings. Um, there, there's been a, a, there were two guys, not just one, two guys that fell out of our top ten rookies for the season. Um, so far, and and the, because of that, because of the the caliber of player, the outside looking in actually expanded because the, usually I just have the bottom five. Now, right now, because of the the notable players that wound up in the outside looking in. Right now, we have eight guys on that outside-looking-in spot. Uh, number eight goes to Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau is, you know, he's so revered, and people think he's, like, an amazing talent that the Giants got to steal, and I would tend to agree with him, but the numbers just haven't been there for Kayvon Thibodeau this year. Um, and, and he winds up as number eight looking on the outside-looking-in. Uh, number seven is kind of a surprising one uh, because he is so low, but he actually could move up in this outside looking in and possibly into the top ten is Braxton Jones, the offensive tackle from Chicago. You know, he's been steadily improving, and he's been kind of giving this Chicago offense some hope. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's been kind of an interesting thing. Number six is going to be a surprise for some folks because he was in the top ten last week. Uh, Martin Emerson, uh, that man had such a bad game. Uh, he allowed so many passes just to get dropped in the bucket. He looked like shit, um, and, and he has for the last two weeks. This has not been the guy that, that we saw for the first portion of the season. Martin Emerson drops down to number six on the outside looking in. Uh, number five, another one, Tariq Wollin, the corner out of Seattle. He had a bad game. Uh, the, the Seahawks, uh, they, they really relied on this guy to be essentially their number one this year, and, and for a minute, he was looking like the number one corner over there, and since then, the last three games, he's had a rough go. So Tariq Woolen falls down to number five. Number four goes to Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Chicago. These guys, these rookies, Braxton Jones and Jaquan Brisker, they're just giving the Chicago Bears all kinds of hope for the future here. And uh, Jabron, Jaquan Brisker is has been something pretty special for them. Um, he's had a little bit of an up-and-down season every now and then, but He's really becoming one of the more consistent safeties in the league. So Brisker winds up as number four on the list. Number three goes to a guy I know Tyler loves, Tyler's in love with, uh, primarily because he's a Baltimore Raven, and I know there's a degree of homerism going on there. But Tyler Linderbaum winds up as number three on the outside looking in, uh, the center from Baltimore. Linderbaum's a good player. It's not that he's not, and he's been playing really solid ball um, this year. Has he been better than Michael Clemens or, or even the next two guys that are above him or Aiden Hutchinson? You know, not really. Um, but he's been good. He's been a, a solid center. He could move, make his way up the list. It really just depends on how the guys in the top ten perform. He's He just needs to keep doing what he's doing. But Tyler Linderbaum winds up as uh, number three on the outside looking in. Number two I know is going to surprise some folks because I'm always talking about availability and reliability. But I will say that since he's returned in week nine, 
Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Kansas City, has been doing really solid things. He's been playing really great. He's got a 77.7 coverage grade. Um, I, I think Trent McDuffie is a special player. I wanted the Vikings to draft him when they had the opportunity. They didn't. They wound up trading back, and I hated it. Kansas City wound up getting him in the 20s. It was a shit show. I think Trent McDuffie still is one of, if not, uh, he could turn out to be the best corner out of this draft if he's played correctly and if he's in the right scheme and if he's with the right coaches. I think Trent McDuffie could be a special corner as long as he stays healthy. So I would like to see Trent McDuffie more, but he winds up number two on the outside looking in. Number one goes to Christian Watson. We know that Christian Watson's been red hot ever since he gained the trust of Aaron Rodgers. Speedster. Gets in the end zone quite often. <laughs> you know, he's been a special player. He's number one on the outside looking in. He's really on the cusp of getting in, depending on how these next few guys play. Um, number 10, however, moving into our top 10 rookie rankings, uh, Michael Clemens, the defensive end out of the New York Giants. He has a 76.2 PFF grade, 83.6 run defense, 79.5 tackling. He would be above Hutchinson, but he missed his last game due to his injury, and he also needs to work on his pass rush grade. He's only got a 59 pass rush grade as it currently stands right now, according to Pro Football Focus. So <clears throat> Mike Clemens, he does need to work on it, but this is a really solid performance from a rookie that has been sort of flying under the radar. Not many people have looked at Michael Clemens. But yeah, he's um, he is uh, currently ranked at number ten uh, on the rookie rankings. Number nine goes to Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end out of Detroit. You know, we've been waiting for this time. I know, you know, Alex has been waiting for this moment. To say Aiden Hutchinson's in the top ten, and then he's not even here. But uh, Aiden Hutchinson has a seventy-five point six PFF grade. He recorded a ninety-point seven pass rush grade versus Minnesota. He's been double teamed all year. He has eight sacks, twenty-six hurries on the season. He's having himself a good year. Malcolm Rodriguez was the guy that was benefiting from Aiden Hutchinson getting double teamed all the time. Now Hutchinson seems to finally have turned it on and figured it out, and it's good to see. Um, not really for me, but it's good to see Aiden Hutchinson as a uh, number two overall pick being a stud. So Hutchinson winds up as number nine on the rookie rankings. Number eight goes to a guy that's been here all year. He's been high on the list. He's been a little bit lower on this list, but he's still here. Jack Jones, uh, he's still a little bit lower on the list currently. He has a 74.7 PFF grade, uh, 76 coverage grade. He had two bad games, but he re rebounded in a huge game, or two bad games, rather, rebounded in a huge way with a strong game versus the Cardinals. Uh, he recorded an 84.3 defensive grade, an 84.8 coverage grade this last week. He didn't allow a single catch in that game on Monday Night Football. So he shut down the entire half of the field. He was something special. Jack Jones winds up as number eight on the list. Uh, number seven goes to Kenneth Walker. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be surprised that he's still on this list. Uh, because of the fact that he hasn't been playing up to snuff the last couple of weeks and they had the injury and whatever the case. This is the third mediocre game in the row for him, He, but he did play a tough San Francisco defense. He has been lacking explosiveness since his injury. Let's be real. Uh, currently 72.8 PFF grade. He has a 79.9 rushing grade. Good numbers, but that offensive line is not doing him any favors in, in Seattle, but also the defense he took on at San Francisco was was tough. Um Seattle needs to, to get themselves a better offensive line and help this man out. He's a special player. And the fact that, that he is has been floundering for the last three games he's played, and then he also has an injury to, to show for it, they're not helping him out. He could be a, a much better runner than, than uh, the numbers the last couple of weeks have led on. So Kenneth Walker winds up as number seven. 
if these other guys behind him continue their upward trend, you could see Kenneth Walker fall off this list uh, before the year is out. So keep an eye on Kenny Walker. Uh, number six goes to Drake London. You know, he kind of stayed put a little bit. I mean, he has a 78.9 PFF grade, a 79.2 receiving grade. He was on the bye week this week, so there's not much to say. He is coming off that 95-yard performance this last week, um, uh, or week 13, rather. Number five goes to Damian Pierce, the running back out of Houston. He has a 78.9 PFF grade right now, 84.8 rushing grade. He had a, a bounce-back game, uh, 22 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown against a, a tough Cowboys defense. His did his grades did drop significantly, however. Um, you know, he wasn't as efficient as he should have been when rushing the ball, but he still had 78 yards and a touchdown, so you got to give him credit for that. Um you could see him fall depending on what Drake London does in the future. You could also see him fall depending on what any of those guys underneath him do. There, the, a lot of we're we're getting to the the dog days of of the season here, the the end of the season where everybody's fighting for a playoff spot and everybody's playing hard. And a lot of these rookies, man, they're they're starting to to show up and and get a hang of this thing and get a hang a hold of this league. So Damian Pierce, you know, he's had a rough couple of weeks, sort of a bounce back. We'll see how it works out. I want to see if he can get that that explosiveness that we saw, uh, you know, earlier on in the season, uh, because he hasn't had it for several games now. Uh, number four, Garrett Wilson, you know, the wide receiver from the New York Jets. He has an 81 PFF grade, 84.7 receiving grade. He had six receptions for 78 yards against a very tough Bills pass defense. The problem I have with Garrett Wilson is it doesn't seem like he's quarterback proof. If Garrett Wilson goes out and puts up a great performance with Zach Wilson at the helm, we may be having another discussion here. But Zach Wilson is set to make the start this week, and we'll be talking about that shortly. So I want to see what Garrett Wilson does uh, against a Detroit defense who actually played pretty well. Uh, Zach Wilson should be able to get Garrett Wilson open. It's going to be an interesting game, but uh, Garrett Wilson winds up as number four on our uh, rookie rankings. Number three goes to a guy that was on the bye week, Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of New Orleans. Let's face it, Chris Olave's been the more efficient receiver out of the two. Um, and I feel like Chris Olave, another one that, that isn't exactly quarterback proof, but he's still putting up decent numbers in spite of it. 83.4 PFF grade, 84.3 receiving grade. Chris Olave's been a special player. Um, both him and Wilson are, are excellent receivers, both out of Ohio State. They're, they're awesome. And Ohio State is starting to become like a receiver-producing powerhouse uh, the way they were years ago with uh, my boy Chris Carter. So, I mean, we'll see how it works out. But Chris Olave right now, he's got a narrow lead over Garrett Wilson. I want to see what Wilson does when Zach Wilson comes out on the field. We'll see how his numbers progress. And maybe we, we could see Garrett Wilson leapfrog Olave this week, but it depends. Uh, number two goes to a guy that was number one last week, and he sunk to number two. His grades dropped hard this week. Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Baltimore. 84.6 PFF grade, a 70.6 run defense grade, 75.4 pass rush grade, 83.9 coverage. Now, I know those numbers don't sound bad, but let's just uh, let's listen to this. He had a very bad game versus a Steelers team. He gave up five receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown versus the Steelers. Steelers just a 47 PFF grade, a 43.7 coverage grade. Um, it's the second bad week in a row since returning from injury for him. Uh, you know, he, he got hurt, he had one week off, he came back, and it was just a mess. Um, so Kyle Hamilton drops to number two. I, I'm hoping he can rebound here in the coming weeks, but man, that, this is not the same guy that we saw pre-injury. Um, I want to see if he can do it. And then reclaiming his number one spot is Ahmad Sauce Gardner. 
the corner out of the New York Jets. He had an 87.2 PFF grade, a 72.4 run defense grade, 62.1 pass rush grade, and an 88.7 run defense, or I'm sorry, 88.7 coverage grade. I just want to point out that run defense grade originally was in the low 60s. He's brought that up since to a 72.4. It's huge. He's improving week over week over week. This last week, Sauce Gardner goes and shuts down Stephon Diggs. Um, he's averaging only 21.3 yards per game given up. Uh, he hasn't given up more than 50, 51 yards in a game this season. He's currently ranked the number one corner in all of football, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean, you got to give it up for the man. You know, and I know uh, Alex loves the guy. I love him, too. I think he's a great corner. And, uh, yeah, there we are. Our rookie rankings, Ahmad Sauce Gardner leading the charge. Um, now I'm going to jump into uh, our news around the league as well. We're not going to take a break this week. We're just going to jump right in. Uh, you know, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, the the sort of elephant in the room. Uh, Kyler Murray goes and suffers his torn ACL versus the Patriots. He's out the remainder of the season. Uh, you, you know, the Cardinals are basically done for the year. We knew they were done for the year for a while, but this just kind of was the final nail in the coffin there, I think. I mean, it was... Uh, a pretty cut-and-dry situation. Uh, Kyler Murray has not been the guy that, that got drafted. He has not played well. Um, I expected a lot more out of out of Kyler Murray, but it is what it is. Uh, now the ACL tear, I don't know if he's going to be as mobile as he used to be. So we're going to see what happens to old Kyler. He got carted off the field. It was it was sad for the, the, the Cardinals fans. I don't think he's going to be anything special when he comes back, but, hey, crazier things have happened in the NFL. Uh, next up. In that same game, Patriots running back Ramadre Stevenson left the game with an ankle injury on Monday Night Football. Um, he is questionable for this week. We don't know if he's going to wind up playing. Uh, you, if not, you should see Pierre Strong or potentially Damian Harris in that game. So you might be see either one of those guys, but going to be an interesting time with the uh, the Patriots there trying to figure out their backfield as they have both of their star running backs sort of dealing with injury bugs. It's crazy. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that where Bill Belichick is just, you know, he had two star running backs. Um, and and it's like he at the time, Bill Belichick, I don't think he knew what to do with Stevenson or Harris. Um, he was kind of switching him in and out. And then Harris went down and now Stevenson went in and Stevenson was playing great. Now Stevenson's hurt. and I don't know if Harris is ready and Pierre Strong might be the guy. I mean, who knows? But we'll see what happens with the the Patriots. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun thing. Um, also around that division, the Jets quarterback Mike White has not been cleared to play versus the Lions due to a rib injury. Zach Wilson is to start after being upgraded for to the QB2 last week. Um, so Zach Wilson getting the start. We know how pedestrian the Jets offense was with Zach Wilson at the helm earlier on this year. And here we are. We're going to see if Zach Wilson has finally figured it out. Zach Wilson got benched because of his attitude, because he went and said, oh, well, you know, I don't care about what anybody has to say about me, and I don't care about how I'm playing, or whatever the case may be. And uh, it, it really rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, Robert Saleh says, you know, all right, well, F you, you're QB3, and Flacco's going to be QB2. And... Um, he feels that Zach Wilson has re-earned that QB2 spot. I think that's a mistake. I think Joe Flacco should be starting, but hey, what the hell do I know? Um, at the end of the day, we're going to see if Zach Wilson has figured it out and if he's re-earned his spot, and also if Zach Wilson can actually be effective at that position because 
you know, he definitely wasn't before. He was an absolute mess. A lot of people dreading that game. Um, I think it's a mistake. I think you should have Joe Flacco in there. But, hey, like I said, what the hell do I know? Um, elsewhere around the division, you also had uh, Cole Beasley coming out of retirement, out of nowhere, um, to join the Bills. Uh, the Bills go ahead and sign him. Uh, you know, I don't know if they just felt they needed an extra receiver star power or whatever the case may be. I know Cole Beasley, he got signed earlier this year with the Bucks, and then he retired, and then now he's back. So he's back with his old team. We'll see what happens with old Cole Beasley. I'm kind of interested. He knows the system, which is good, and they know him, and he knows uh, Josh Allen. So Cole Beasley, back with the Bills. This is exciting. This could be their final thing for a playoff push, but it, I think it also says something here also on, on I think these two kind of go hand-in-hand. T.Y. Hilton also got signed by the Cowboys this week. I think this goes hand-in-hand with this OBJ situation. I think both the Cowboys and the Bills, who are both in the the, uh, Odell Beckham sweepstakes, I think they both uh, uh, really kind of realized that Odell Beckham really wasn't worth the time. And I I think they, they said, eh, fuck Odell. We're not going to pick him up, and we're not going to sign him. And uh, that that was their deciding factor right there, is we're not signing him, and that, that was them saying, hey, we're not signing you. They pick up Cole Beasley, they pick up T.Y. Hilton, and they move on their way. So Odell is is still looking for a home, He, he and I think his statement about, well, not only getting kicked off of a plane, but his statement about how he doesn't feel like it's necessary for him to um, to play in the regular season and that he should just play in the playoffs. I think that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. I think people realize there's an attitude problem there like we've all known for a while. So that just kind of is what it is. But they both kind of, both teams kind of moved on from the Odell Beckham situation with the signing of T.Y. Hilton and the signing of Cole Beasley. So um, moving forward, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Odell Beckham situation. But <laughs> it's um, kind of an, uh, it become an interesting storyline moving forward. Uh so uh, we got an, another situation with a player signing elsewhere or potentially signing elsewhere, the Bucks. Uh, QB Tom Brady is, quote-unquote, considering all options as a free agent after the 2022 season. Now, look, I know a lot of people believe that he's just going to re-sign with the Bucks and that everything's just going to be hunky-dory and he's going to be right back there. I'm telling you where he's going to go. He's going to go and he's going to take on the 49 or he's going to be the 49ers new quarterback. That's what he wants to do. He wants to go and play for the 49ers. Uh, he was a, a big Joe Montana fan for years and years and years. He's a California kid. He wants to go back home. He wants to play for the 49ers. He wants to end his, his career in San Francisco playing for a team that, that is fighting for playoffs all the time, just like his, his favorite quarterback of all time. So, Tom Brady is going to be a free agent, and I think he, I, I don't think he plans to re-sign with the Buccaneers. I think he's unhappy there. He's going to go elsewhere, and he's going to go to a team that is going to help him win a bowl and, and have pieces around him and, and have a scheme that is going to give him an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And I think the Niners can do that given how Brady's age deficiencies are starting to rear their ugly head in this last season. So um, Brady is considering all options, and, and I think the Niners are on the table. Speaking of the Niners, uh, wide receiver Debo Samuel did suffer an ACL and MCL sprain in Sunday's win versus the Bucks. Uh, he's listed as questionable. That would be one of Tom Brady's weapons here. Um, he's listed as questionable for this week, but you know he he could miss maybe one week. But I, I think he's going to be back um, 
in in a couple of weeks here. Uh, he's going to be back before the end of the regular season. They they anticipate, and frankly, I think he's going to be around for the playoffs. The 49ers did clinch the NFC West title this last week after defeating the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. So the Niners are the NFC West champions. They're in the playoffs. They secured their playoff spot, and and they they're going to have Debo Samuel back for the playoffs. I think I, it's it's just. It doesn't make sense for the Niners to go too hard and, and injure all their star players moving in. I know they want to try and get that one seed. Everybody does. But, you know, I don't think anybody's catching Philly anyway. Um, the only team that I think has a chance to catch Philly would be Minnesota. But, you know, even then, they're they're kind of struggling as well. And they're still two games back. So, kind of a weird time. But the 49ers, uh, you know, they, they went and clinched the West. And they, they might have Tom Brady on the horizon. Um, speaking of that game versus the Seahawks, the Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett suffered a broken finger in that loss to the 49ers on Thursday night. Uh, he was forced to leave the game. He's going to have surgery. He's um, expected to miss at least one game. Uh, you know, I Tyler Lockett's been having himself like a weirdly good year. A weirdly good year. I don't understand, you know, how... <laughs> how he's been having himself a good year because normally it's just very, like, big game and then nothing for three games. And then big game and then nothing for three, four games. And uh, this year with Geno Smith, it seems like they've developed quite the rapport. Geno Smith likes to spread the ball out a lot more than Russ Wilson used to. And uh, here we are. Geno Smith spreading the ball out to Tyler Lockett, but now Tyler Lockett's not going to be on the field for at least one game. I think it's gutsy of him to go have surgery and then – come in after just a week of being out. I, I think that's a very quick time to be coming back, to be perfectly honest. But maybe that's just me. But, yeah, Tyler Lockett going to be uh, having surgery on his, uh, his hand there. Uh, next up, the Bengals. Wide receiver Tyler Boyd also dislocated his finger in Week 14. He's listed as questionable versus the Bucks. Uh, you know, the Bengals, they do have a number of players out going into this game, star players on top of it. The defensive end Trey Hendrickson has been ruled out versus the Bucks due to a wrist injury, and so has corner Mike Hilton. He was ruled out to, uh, versus the Bucks due to a knee injury. So the Bengals are going to be missing some pieces, but they're taking on a Bucks team that is really kind of falling apart. I don't think they're going to have any problems in spite of that, uh, uh, beating the Bucks and, and getting, you know, to the double-digit win column here. Uh, but, you know, I, I really do think that, that the uh, Bengals are, are on their way to a, a uh, high playoff spot and a, and a playoff run, and they're battling with the, the Ravens right now. I think they have every chance to, to put this thing away. I'm excited to see what the Bengals can do and see if they can, uh, you know, get back-to-back -back division titles. But, uh, yeah, they've got their, they're going to have an easy time, I think, versus the Bucks. Uh, you know, they're, it's just not the same Bucks team that we've seen in previous years. So the Bengals, uh, even though they got three players out, they're going to be, uh, you know, right back in the mix here, I think. Uh, elsewhere around that division, the Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett suffered a concussion during that game versus the Ravens. He left early. He's listed as doubtful versus the Panthers. Kind of looking like we're going to see Mitch Trubisky again. Uh, if you are a Steelers fan, my condolences, because there's going to be a lot of interceptions in your future. Um, I, <laughs> I believe in that. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're about to see Mitch Trubisky with the Steelers. Um, so a guy that was used to be in that division and now is out in the, uh, and then was in the NFC South and now he's in the NFC West, Baker Mayfield. 
Uh, he's set to get the start versus the Packers, uh, uh, versus the Rams, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, for the Rams versus the Packers on Monday Night Football, excuse me. Um, Baker, you know, I don't think he's anything special, but he did have himself a hell of a game. He deserves to get the start. I mean, and what do the Rams have to lose at this point? Matt Stafford's been on the shelf. Uh, you know, it's just a rough go. <laughs> it's a rough go. But uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be going to be starting for the Rams. We'll see if he can conjure up some of that magic that we saw, um, you know, last week uh, on primetime. So it's going to be a fun one. Going to be interesting. We're going to see how it works out. Uh, elsewhere, the uh, Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. I talked about this a little bit earlier. He suffered a concussion at the end of the game versus the Chiefs. Uh, he is listed as questionable moving into this week. We'll see if he'll wind up playing. Frankly, I don't think they're going to miss him much. But hey, what the hell do I know? Um, another guy that is not going to be back is going to be Marcus Mariota. Um, Mariota, this is kind of an interesting storyline, but it doesn't surprise me. Arthur Smith said last week that he was going to bench Mariota in favor of Ritter, of Desmond Ritter. Um, Mariota left the team after being benched in favor of Desmond Ritter. He's been having a knee issue, so he just decides to go undergo knee surgery and get placed on IR. Um, sounds like he was just pissed and that he was being benched, and he didn't want to play there anymore. And I have a feeling that Marcus Mariota is going to wind up looking for a new team after the after this season. But at the end of the day, Marcus Mariota says, fuck you guys, I'm out, goes and has surgery, and he's done for the year. So Marcus Mariota, see you later. We'll see what he gets, where if he gets signed anywhere or where he gets signed after this season. Uh, one quarterback that is back, though, is Commander's quarterback Carson Wentz. He returned from IR, and he will serve as Taylor Heineke's backup I don't think that's a really much of a surprise. I mean, they started the season one and four, and right now they're seven five and one, and looking at a playoff appearance. Um, they got a matchup against the Giants on the way, who they just tied with recently. I think they have every capability of beating the Giants. Um, the Commanders, man, they got you know actually a decent one-two punch at the quarterback position. Even though Wentz uh, was a questionable starter. I think he can still fill in in Taylor Heineke's role. And I don't think Taylor Heineke's been anything special, but the players play for him. So, there we go. Carson Wentz is officially a backup. Never thought I'd say that. Um, next up, Texans running back Damian Pierce suffered a sprained ankle versus the Cowboys. He is officially questionable for Week 15 versus the Chiefs on Sunday. I think Damian Pierce is a big, strong guy. I think he's going to wind up showing up against the Chiefs, and he's going to wind up playing. And if he does, I think he's going to have himself a hell of a performance. Uh, I don't see the Texans uh, sitting him. They need him. Um, so Damian Pierce, I mean, if not, it's going to be Rex Burkhead, which is just bad news bears. So Damian Pierce maybe uh, riding the bench this week. Um, uh, just a few minor things uh, that, that people need to keep an eye out for. Huge snowstorm is coming. It's about to hit Buffalo. Uh, yep, that's right. The Snow Bowl is back uh, up in Buffalo. The Dolphins and Bills game this Sunday is going to be a blizzard. So get ready for that. You're going to see a bunch of snow hitting Buffalo this week. It's going to be uh, a good time. Tua Tungavailoa saying he's not worried about it. He should be. Um, he says, well, Alabama gets snow too. Yeah, not like this, dude. You haven't seen snow like this. So you're going to see uh, Baker Mayfield, or I'm sorry, not Baker Mayfield, uh, Tua Tungavailoa taking on Josh Allen up there in a snow bowl in Buffalo. And last but not least, um, an, an interesting one, NFL executive Troy Vincent 
says that there's going to be a quote-unquote healthy discussion about making roughing the passer calls reviewable. I think that is an interesting thing. I think it does need to happen because a lot of times we get this thing where we're breathing on the quarterback and a yellow flag's getting thrown out there by the zebras, and I don't think that's acceptable. Um, the league is doing the right thing by making that reviewable, but they need to be kind of concerned about this type of thing because they don't want everything to be reviewable. So, you know, we're, I, I think that we're kind of on that in go moving in that direction there where, where every penalty is going to be reviewable and uh, that might not be a good thing. So they need to be careful with that. Uh, it's kind of a slippery slope, but here we are. And with that, that's our news around the league. Uh, now we've got some picks to take care of, uh, our predictions, uh, last but not least, for the upcoming matchups. Um, I know everybody's uh, everybody who is on board this week, we all picked the 49ers. Uh, this past week against the Seahawks, and everybody was 100% correct. The 49ers did win, and they did clinch the division. So interesting situation there. But um, here we are. We've got our picks for Week 15 in the NFL as it stands. Right now, Alex is 128-78-2. Uh, uh, Andrew is 119-87-2. So Alex is in third. Andrew's in fourth. I am in second, 130-76-2, and, and Tyler is 131-75-2. I just want to point out, Alex had himself a hell of a week uh, this past week. He has caught up within two games of me, three games of Tyler. He's back in the mix. So I, I'm, I'm kind of you know, soaking my jockeys here going, uh-oh, better run. So we're going to see what happens. But let's get down to business. Here are our predictions for Week 15 in the NFL, starting with the Colts and the Vikings. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Vikings. Tyler's going with the Vikings. Uh, Alex is going with the Vikings. Andrew's going with the Colts. I think the Vikings will win this game. I think they're going to finally put them away. The Colts haven't been much of anything special this year. I know the Vikings have had problems with the Colts in the past, but this is a different Colts team with a different head coach. The Minnesota Vikings are going to clinch the division on Saturday against the Colts at 1 o'clock. Um... Next up, Saturday at 4.30, we're going to see the Ravens and the Browns. You know, the Ravens have been red hot lately. Um, I don't think the Browns have a shot. I think the Browns are going to finally uh, see their playoff hopes get dashed this week. The Ravens, I'm going with them. Tyler is going with the Ravens. Andrew is going with the Ravens. And Alex is going with the Ravens. So we're talking Ravens across the board. Uh, next up, uh, Saturday at 8.15, the Saturday night football game. Kind of an interesting one. The Snow Bowl, the Bills and the Dolphins. You know, this could get ugly. Tyler's going with the Bills. Andrew's going with the Bills. Alex going with the Dolphins. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bills. It's the Snow Bowl. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be Josh Allen's territory. I'm going with the Bills. Next up, you got the Eagles and the Bears. I think this one's a no-brainer. Uh, Eagles are going to beat the Bears here. Uh, you know, what, what else is new? The, the Bears are kind of a, a joke, uh, and I think everybody kind of realizes that. The Eagles for Tyler, Eagles for Andrew, Eagles for Alex. It's Eagles across the board there, uh, no doubt about it. Next up, Lions and the Jets. Uh, you know, this one could get ugly quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, Alex taking the Lions, Andrew taking the Lions. Tyler taking the Lions. I, too, am taking the Lions. Um, you know, Zach Wilson coming in is just, it's going to be bad. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to be successful with Zach Wilson at the helm. They should be starting Joe Flacco in this game against a red-hot Detroit team. I'm going with the Lions here. Uh, next up, 
the Steelers and the Panthers. Uh, you know, kind of a, a shit bowl type of game, but it, it is what it is. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to roll with the Panthers here. Uh, I, I think that, that the Panthers' defense has been red hot, and there's been sort of a culture change ever since they, they switched head coaches. Matt rules out, and suddenly, you know, the Panthers have actually been pay, playing kind of middle-of-the-road football. I like Dante uh, Foreman a lot, too. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun game. Uh, I'm going with the Panthers over the Steelers here, especially if Mitch Trubisky is going to be in the game for the Steelers. It's a no-brainer to me. I'm going with the Panthers. Um, next up. Chiefs versus Texans. Uh, you know, the Texans played the Cowboys kind of hard last week. Chiefs had themselves a rough go. I know that they're, the Chiefs are going to have their work cut out for them with the Texans defense that's really good at shutting down opposing quarterbacks, but it's Patrick Mahomes. So let's just call it what it is. It's Chiefs across the board uh, for everybody. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Um, the Texans are going to be looking, staring down that number one pick for the rest of the season. They're just going to take L after L after L. They're going to have to find their quarterback of the future. Uh, next up, the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, you know, kind of a shit bowl of a situation here. Um, you know, you got Alex taking the Falcons. You got Andrew taking the Saints. You got Tyler taking the Falcons. And I am going to go ahead and take the Falcons here. I don't believe in the, the quarterback situation uh, for either of these teams. But I do think the quarterback situation for the Falcons is better than that of the Saints. And I also think the Falcons are much better at shutting down number one receivers. Chris Olave is going to have a hard time taking on that Falcons defense. I'm going with the Falcons. Uh, next up, Cowboys and the Jags. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, they, the Jags have been playing really, really good football lately. The Cowboys coming off of sort of a rough win. But everybody is taking Cowboys across the board, and I am as well. I, I believe the Cowboys are going to have a sort of a bounce-back game. They're going to take it to the Jags. I know the Jags are going to fight hard to try and make their way into the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence is still kind of keeping those playoff hopes alive. They're 5-8. and eight. They could finish 9-8. and eight. They could squeak their way in. We don't know, but we will see. The Jaguars are going to be having their work cut out for them against a very tough Cowboys team. But I'm going with the Cowboys, and so is everybody else. Next up. The Cardinals and the Broncos, uh, this got interesting quick. Uh, I know it's Colt McCoy. Um, I, you know, I, Tyler is taking the Broncos in this game. I know Russ Wilson sort of, you know, dealing with injuries too. I'm actually going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, Alex and Andrew are going with the Cardinals too. I, I, yeah, I believe the Cardinals still pick up the W here in spite of the fact that the Broncos are a good team. Um you know, I, I yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, next up, the Patriots and the Raiders. Uh, you know, I think this one's a no-brainer. The Raiders' season is basically over. The Patriots are, are still fighting for a playoff spot. I'm going with the Patriots, as are the other guys. Everybody's going with the Patriots across the board here. This one is just a no-brainer to me, uh, especially after the Raiders blew that game against the Rams last week. Uh, next up, the Titans and the Chargers. Kind of a, a wild game here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chargers. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm going to... Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think the Chargers pick up the W here. Um, the Titans are... are uh, they're, they're having trouble throwing the football, and they're having trouble covering the pass. Thinking about it now, Justin Herbert... You know, it was kind of a tough question because the Chargers defense hasn't been up to snuff, but seeing how Justin Herbert played last week, and then they're going to be taking on a, a kind of questionable Titans defense, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers here. 
um, that, that's going to be a, a fun game to watch. Uh, next up, Bengals and the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are kind of trash this year. I'm going with the Bengals, and uh, it looks like Bengals across the board for everybody else. Uh, I like the Bengals here. I think they're they're going to be having themselves a, a blast against a Bucks defense that hasn't been the same without Shaq Barrett on the field, and and uh, really Tom Brady hasn't been playing that good a ball. Even in spite of the fact that the Bengals are missing pieces, they're going to be just fine. I'm going with the Bengals here, and they're going to hit double digits. Uh, next up, the Giants and the Commanders. You know, this one was a lot of fun uh, the first time around. And I don't know what is going to happen this time around. Uh, you know, I'm going to say Giants. I think they're going to get a bounce-back game here. I'm going with the Giants. And last but not least, the Rams and the Packers on Monday Night Football. Uh, you know what? I've been, I'm actually going to change my, my pick over. But I'm going to take the Commanders here. I'm going to go with the Commanders. You know, Tyler, Taylor Heineke seems to have, you know, the team playing for him. I'm going to change my pick. I, Giants could have a bounce-back game, but I don't know. I'm going to go with the Commanders, actually. I'm, I'm going to change my pick there. Last but not least, Rams and Packers. Um, and, and also, by the way, Alex and Andrew take the Giants. Tyler and myself take the Commanders. Uh, last but not least, Rams and Packers. Uh, you know what? This one's going to be ugly either way. Tyler takes the Rams. And Andrew takes the Rams. Alex takes the Packers. I'm taking the Packers. I, I don't. I don't expect a repeat performance here. I know the Packers haven't been anything special this year, but I don't expect a repeat performance from Baker Mayfield. He's going to get exposed in this game. Uh, I, I know the Rams think they have something special in this guy, but I. I don't. I've seen too many times where Baker Mayfield has come out firing and looking like a million dollars, and then a couple games later looked like shit. So. I'm going with the Packers here. Um, you know, Alex going with the Packers. Or I'm sorry. Andrew's going with the Rams. Alex going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. Tyler going with the Rams. So we're going to see how that one pans out. But uh, those are our predictions for uh, week 15 in the NFL. Um, so right now, you know, like I said, we, we've got ourselves a nice tight race there uh, for, for – uh, our pick, our pick'em right now. The reigning champion Tyler. He's our, our. Uh, he's never been beat in the in the pick'em here. So we're gonna see if I can I can finally take him down, or maybe even Alex can. Alex has been right on our heels too. So we'll see what happens. But folks, that is uh, our show, or at least my show. Uh, I know it's been a, a long hour and you know twenty minutes of listening to my voice. I'm sure it hasn't been as fun as the banter that we normally have, but that's okay. Uh, the boys will be back. Um, they're going to be back, uh, hopefully, uh, next week. I'm, I'm hoping that they, they get back and they, they get off the uh, the bullshit schedule, but that's all right. Um, hopefully we can get uh, Tyler back as a, I'm just going to call him a guest at this point. I, I haven't heard from Tyler in weeks. <laughs> So, but folks, thank you so much for listening. Before we get out of here, I just want to give a quick shout out to Face Kicked Apparel. Um, if you ever get an opportunity, if you need some custom clothing done, check out facekickedapparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife, Lisa, they do tremendous work. I uh, highly recommend checking out their shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, anything you need, you pick it, they stick it over at facekickedapparel.com. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Patch Miracle Photography. Uh, folks, the, some of the best photos I've ever had done of myself, my kids, my family, my wife, have all been from Patch Miracle Photography. 
you know, they, they are amazing. They did our wedding photos. They did our, our maternity photos. They did our uh, first photos for the baby, our first month photos, our newborn photos. They did, they did, uh, you know, our, our engagement pictures. I mean, anything you can name, Patch Miracle Photography does it. They also, if, if you were looking for someone, something for that special someone in your life, looking to do something a little sexy, they do boudoir shoots. So, I mean, I highly recommend checking out Patch Miracle Photography. If you get the opportunity, check them out, Patch Miracle Photography. Also, uh, I want to give a shout out to It's Your Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Um, Amanda is a wonderful uh, massage therapist. She does tremendous work. Um, and uh, she does Swedish deep tissue, Swedish and deep tissue massages. Uh, she has CBD oil for those uh, those folks who believe in CBD. I mean, amazing work for a great price. Uh, she is an, an excellent massage therapist for us wrestlers like Alex and Tyler and myself. You know, it, it was a life-changing experience, and, and it allowed me for a while to be able to stand up straight, um, and, and uh, it, it's just a wonderful thing. So, folks, uh, if you do get the opportunity, check out IYTMassage.com, or you can just check out It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Also want to give a shout-out to uh, Big Willie Dubs Gaming over there. Uh, they're doing. Will is putting on some of the best streams out there right now, and, and he is getting quite the following. I'm very excited for him. Uh, his streams are awesome. They're doing. He's right now. He's doing a lot of modern warfare stuff. I knew the new, know the new modern warfare is out, and a lot of people are excited about it. And Lord knows Kyler Murray is. But Will is doing uh, some awesome streams out there. Uh, some very funny videos. You can check him out on TikTok, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Uh, you can check him out on Facebook. You can check him out on Twitch. Um, a lot of fun to watch. And uh, some of the some of the uh, TikTok clips have been very very ridiculous. Um, so. Uh, if you get the opportunity to check out Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Also, Condor's Gaming Corner. Uh, I know Alex and, and his brother Andrew have been doing some stuff over there. A um, lot of voice acting going on. They've been uh, firing up that voice acting series. Uh, that's one of my favorites. I love watching that. Um, I love the games that they're playing. So if you can, check out uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. Um, you can check them out on Facebook, and I do think they have a Twitch page as well. Um, on, or you can check them out on YouTube as well. So... Check out Condor's Gaming Corner, and that is our show, folks. Um, and I want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, that is our uh, week 14 in the NFL is coming up. Don't forget, three Saturday games this week. Three. Three Saturday games. Uh, so I hope everybody's excited for that. I love that type of day where you just get to sit around and really focus in individually on three games on a Saturday. Uh, that's kind of exciting. So, folks, enjoy your football weekend. Because that's what it's going to be, an NFL football weekend. Have yourself a wonderful time, and we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.